Look, when we promised you a Christmas movie blitz, we follow through. So it is Saturday night. This is Friday Night Rewrites, and we're here again with more stories we love to tell. I'm Hannah. I'm Andrew. And we are reviewing today a marvelous film called... I think it was called The Christmas Crush. It was, with this amazingly lackluster typography across the center. Christmas was green, Crush was red, and it was in, like, Ariel. <laughs> and you need a new uh, graphic designer. You know who would be a great graphic designer? Sam Wade. Well, yes, also Sam Wade. But <laughs> I meant the actual character in, in the movie who is oh, supposedly yeah, a graphic designer. Down on her luck. Or was oh, that like, Ben? The Ben Ben oh. was a graphic designer. Yeah, she's a costume designer. They're artists. They should have a better movie title if they are artists. Yeah. So, The Christmas Crush is a high school reunion-centered Christmas movie in which a um, the girl who dreams of being a designer but is actually a wardrobe assistant comes home from the holidays and gets inspired to go to her high school reunion in order to meet up with her old high school crush. Along the way, she has wacky hijinks with her high school best friend, Ben, who is definitely not in love with her. <laughs> no, of course not, because she's in love with Craig and was meant to be with him forever. They, um, There are several singing performances of varying quality. Yeah, it's a very musical movie. Surprisingly um, musical. There were at least four different songs. I mean, I say musical kind of ironically, but... It wasn't talking. <laughs> they, were, they were, yeah, they weren't talking. So I guess it's singing, maybe. Um, and then, of course, realizes that Craig's a total idiot, Ben is a total sweetheart, and she should end up with him. Um, the lady's name is Georgia, which I didn't learn until maybe 40 minutes into the movie. Um, <laughs> even though I was taking notes on the movie, I was like, what's her name? Um, yeah, she's... She's a, a costume designer, but her only job is like hemming and dresses. She's not respected within her uh, her studio. Um, is kind of mistreated pretty badly by the head guy. Um, but we find out she's a good person. She gives a gift to the janitor at the beginning. Um, there's another lady sitting there that seems sad. And she gives a gift to her. She definitely seems very focused on the Christmas spirit and connecting with her family. Her dad's very down on her because she doesn't have a real job and is not successful yet. Wait, is this her dad? Yeah, you're right. Her dad is in this movie for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, just to emphasize the fact that she's not successful. Wow. (laughs) Tough look. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's another... It's another one of those classic Hollywood tropes of very attractive person who has no luck in love or life very confusing like the odds seem like at some point she would have found somebody considering she has gorgeous like caramel curls and is like very charming and loving to everyone around her it just seems they should have had a makeover scene before the reunion so she comes in and she's wearing glasses (gasps) no and her hair is a little curly or Something. It's like up in a ponytail. Yeah, it's in a ponytail, yeah. The forbidden arts. I mean, the classic is, of course, Princess Diaries, right? But it's like Anne Hathaway's got... Yeah, her hair is... is It looks rough. I mean, Paolo does literally break a brush off in her hair. Trying yeah. Trying to comb it. To the sleek... I still think somebody should have like noticed her bone structure or something like her. In high school, everyone's so focused on themselves. Sometimes it's hard to see. Yeah, of course. So, well, um, so that's what this movie is all about the idea of seeing who you are in high school. She's horrified because she was voted most likely to succeed and has not succeeded at everything. So, this is the 10 year reunion, correct? That's the number that's tossed around. Okay, so 10 years, they're 28, 29 ish. Yes, and she runs into Ben and tries to talk him into coming to the reunion. He initially refuses because, like any sane person, why? Yeah. She also doesn't want to go to the reunion at first. She, like, flat-out refuses, but then remembers Craig. 
um, who she can't remember why they broke up, right? She thinks that they broke up because she was being too insecure and she erroneously suspected him of cheating. Okay. Newsflash. Spoiler alert for those who have not seen The Christmas Crush. Craig totally cheated, like a lot. He was a cheater. Dirty, rotten cheater. Cheat, 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 cheaterson. And Ben is good. So good. Like a little marshmallow. Okay. So uh, she also... The, I mean, the plot you can probably pretty well imagine, but there are a couple of other little things that I wanted to hit on. There's, So she has this gaggle of friends. There are three of them. Mm-hmm. It's basically Mean Girls. Um, it's They're the – what were the Mean Girls called? The What do you mean? Oh, the Plastics? They're called the Plastics? I think so. Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's three of them, and they come in. They're – very superficial, very shallow, very pretty. But their thing is that they are the Glee Club. Yeah, we kind of took a hard swerve into Hollywood land there because I'm not really sure that, one, as a teacher who teaches at a American high school currently, I have no idea who the members of the Glee Club are or if we even have a Glee Club. Yeah, I mean, it is weird in high school because I – I do think one thing movies often get wrong is that there aren't really clear divisions between like cool and not cool. Everybody kind of blobs together and like you, you're not, I guess what I'm trying to say there, when I was in high school, there wasn't like, Oh, this is the jocks and these are the nerds and these are the cheerleaders and these are the theater So it wasn't segmented clearly? Yeah, it's like people could drift from one group to the other. We had jocks who were also in all the AP classes and were getting academic scholarships to you know, nice colleges and stuff. And Here's what I think it is. I think that for the purpose of narratives, it's like to, it's nice to assume that there's like a single hierarchy a la like high school musical where yeah. everyone sits at their own table. But in reality every group has their own internal hierarchy and view other things as more valuable or less valuable than others. Um, In this particular narrative, for whatever reason, these four stunningly beautiful girls with mediocre voices were in the regional competition for Glee Club, (laughs) an achievement that is lauded multiple times throughout the film. And they're going to do a um, reunion tour of their reunion and perform twice for reasons not no one understands. Yeah. It's going to involve choreography. It's going to involve costume changes. They've had rehearsals. There are sets and lights. Yeah. Um, They are invested in this except for Georgia. Georgia is not invested at all. Yeah. And I guess what my point was a little bit earlier about the kind of blobbing together phenomenon is that not that Glee Club kids could not be cool. It's just kind of inconceivable that the Glee Club would be just made up of the coolest people, I guess. I guess I see where you're going there. I I would like to counter that in order for Glee Club to be really cool, they'd have to be good at doing things like singing harmony. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's another thing. So you hear them perform several times. As we said, there's lots of musical numbers. It's not like The Princess Switch where they talk about Baking her, but never bake. Right. In this movie, they sing, and they sing a lot. Um, Again, singing with quotation marks. But the, their Glee Club, they don't harmonize at all. They all just sing the, Straight the melody. melody. Um, and there's some choreography. It's marginally less slutty than the Mean Girls like talent show thing that they did. Yes. There's no like drop it thigh slap in these. That is true. And there is less like kind of like there's- wobbling cleavage, but it's definitely designed to be pushing the limits of sexual Well, there's definitely some disrobing. Oh, yes. Happens. Shocking. Anyways, that's not really an important point, but it's... uh, Definitely one of those moments where you realize, ah, we're in that kind of movie. Yeah. Ben does show up to the reunion, and so Ben has been away for 10 years, is what they keep saying. Dropped off the face of the earth. Hasn't contacted her, even though they're best friends. Um, When he said that, 
there was the question, why did that happen? She she puts it to him. She asks him in one of the first scenes of the movie. He doesn't answer it till the end. He tries to a couple of, of times. Yeah, it was because of her. Uh, yeah. What did I do? Yeah. Nothing. You were just wonderful and amazing, and I loved you. Oh, okay, cool. So you headed off to Europe. Great. Yeah. That's how relationships work, people. Well, if it was unrequited, I guess. Like, you try and move on with your life. That's fair. So um, he's coming back. He wants to have a chance to maybe try and get with her. She's focused on Craig. It's really, I mean, we've got a Midsummer's Night Dream happening up in here where they're just all chasing each other around the school. There's the main mean girl also wants to get with Craig and so keeps trying to blow Georgia's cover. She's not a successful designer who only does one-of-a-kind pieces. She's actually just a wardrobe assistant. Um, Craig, by the way, when Georgia first goes up to talk to him, doesn't even remember what her name is. I feel like if someone dumped me at prom, like on prom night, in my prom outfit, at prom, I would remember their name. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember the names of people I went to prom with. Yeah, it wasn't a great experience. No, it wasn't great. Um, Craig is a football player. Um, maybe subplot CTE. I don't know. Just saying, his memory, not great. Not great. Um, also, his sentence structure. The man just seems to be struggling on like a basic level. <laughs> I think we've pretty well summarized the movie. Uh, let's talk about some things we liked. I actually thought that this was one of the more competent movies we've seen um, just in this genre. Like It did. It kept a focused plot. Um, we Pretty much one set. Kept the tension, you know, insofar as the fact that we clearly knew that Ben really liked Georgia. Georgia really likes Craig. Craig exists. And every time Ben got close to confessing his feelings for Georgia, something interrupted, which technically adds to the tension, but really just ended up being annoying. Yeah. It it was actually kind of rude. Like if somebody's <laughs> trying to tell you something important and somebody else comes up and starts talking to you, unless what they're saying is more important, you're supposed to Stay there and finish that conversation. Finish that conversation first. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. It was. I, I. I thought this movie had good bones. I feel like the other thing too. This was a movie in which the main character for most of the movie was just genuinely joyful. Like she has a lot of yes. bounce to her. She has a lot of spark. And she just seems alive the whole movie, which is nice because the last couple films we've seen are like, oh, here is a dry corporate woman with her spirit crushed by the demands of modernity. She yeah. needs to reconnect with a real man. Now, no, it's this with person. With the exception of Vanessa Hudgens. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens was busy doing terrible accents and trying to. Her accent was for a fake country. It was fine. It's good. <laughs> anyway, so this this movie was refreshing in the sense that you got the feeling that the character was just having fun and honestly wanted everyone around her to be happy and was worried. Her main concern was not that she would be found out so much as that she would disappoint other people. Yeah. She needed some therapy, I think. Um, but most people need some therapy. Therapy is good stuff. It's yeah. like, you know, going to the doctor, check okay. those knees. So we liked this movie somewhat. Thought it had good bones. Before we move on to how we would fix it and make it better, let's... We do need to clarify. There are some ridiculous things that happen in this movie. Yeah, we've already touched on the Glee Club being hot, <laughs> being weird. Um, we've got some other things. Here are Eight Maids of Milk, and we can't really talk about these things a whole lot more, um, but we did need to mention them. Um... So, I, again, I mentioned I work in a high school. In this particular high school, for after hours, all the classrooms are unlocked. They're all available. Supplies are out. It's Chris. It's Christmas break, and the entire class, the entire school is decorated from head to toe with garland and holly and poinsettias. No one has the budget for that, and no one is leaving a bunch of classrooms unlocked because I don't want you messing with my stuff. 
Yeah, they keep going from classroom to classroom. I said it takes place in like one setting. And the setting is a school, but it's like a lot of American high schools, it's really big and they go to different rooms and it's they just spend a lot of time one on one in classrooms. And yes, I get they're adults, you know, fine, whatever they're gonna do, like it's it's their choice, but do you really want your classrooms even being Makeout session oriented? No. Mm-mm. I mean, do you want that even to be a possibility, even for consenting adults? You know, Absolutely are, not. I don't no. have enough Lysol for that. Nope. Not to mention the music room was open, and that's hundreds of dollars of equipment that apparently is just available for any alumni to like wander in and be like, hey, I feel like playing a guitar right now, which Ben does. Yeah, they go in and have a sing along. Um, there's Ugh. a really horrible <laughs> plot line. Um, I think it could have been funny. Hannah thinks that this type of plot line could never be funny, but I think kind of funny where uh, one of the Glee Club uh, plastics um, really wants to um, get with the principal. Not the principal, a teacher. He's just a teacher? Yeah, he's the chemistry teacher. Okay. Chemistry teacher. He's 50-something probably. She's 28. Um she, Again, consenting adults. However, she makes an extended speech about guess what? I've all grown up and now I'm dun, 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 legal. Yeah. There's also that weird scene where she's like having like. She fakes having an orgasm while he repeats the periodic table. If mm-hmm. I cannot fully express to you with my voice how disgusted I am by this idea. I just need you to picture my face because right now I have no hope for humanity after that scene. Yeah, it was very weird. It wasn't just that he was naming elements. He was like saying their their letter names like as they would like, appear on the... N-A-C-L-3. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Hannah, that's a molecule. That's not an That's element. what he was doing. I know, but you said periodic table. She said... When I heard you talk about the periodic table, clearly she was not paying attention she in was class. Wrong. Just want to clarify. It's not that right. I was wrong. I'm quoting her. Right. So I guess that they get together at some point uh, late in the movie. It's pretty gross. I I don't think that um, adult leaders should get together with former students. Nope. Never. Um, on any level, like I don't want it to be youth group. I don't want it to be teachers. If you had a position of authority over a child, there's yeah. no relationship that should come from that. It's yeah, it's just too weird. Even when you grow up to be, I mean, even if he was sixty something and she was in her early forties, like still, nope. Yeah. Power imbalances are real. Different teachers have limits. Yes. Um, that's not what we got into this profession for. Ew. <laughs> um, it's the money. Yeah. We're here for the money. Yeah. As we mentioned before, there's a glee club. It's hot. They do some sexy Christmas hymns. That was really uncomfortable. They did like Oh Holy Night, but with or so the Oh Holy, oh Holy Night was just her solo. But they did that other one where it, I don't know that it was... A real song that existed before this movie, but it had a lot of, like... That doesn't have any sexual imagery of it. The one that I'm talking about is, like, the the angels bending near the earth to strut. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's a real hymn. The angels bending near the earth. Yeah, okay. From their harps of gold. Right? That's an actual hymn. Um, You know where the harps were, friends? Right nestled in the cleavage. So every time that they would talk about strumming their harps of gold, they would just, you know, shove yeah, their hands. That, that one was the one where they, like, disrobed, they disrobed a little bit. Yeah. They went from angel robes to slinky white dresses. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Uncomfortable. It, I don't like Another it. thing that was strange is that this movie had more, like, explicit Christian music in it than any of the movies that we've watched but all of the explicitly christian music was linked to like slinky dancing well i mean they had oh holy night and the 
song in the music room, right? Yeah, no. The song, well, Oh Holy Night, right, is just the solo. She sings it badly. Um, and then the song in the music room, I honestly don't think I'd heard before, but I, I liked it. I thought it was cute. No, I mean, the song was okay. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that they had more actual, like, Christmas songs rather than just, like, Jingle Bell Rock type stuff going on in this movie. But... It was in service of some it was, strange it, plot developments. I would it say. made me more uncomfortable. The fact that they were actual hymns and not just like <laughs> yeah, I mean, dressed up for Jingle Bell. This Rock. really needed some like Santa Baby or Baby It's Cold Outside. You know. That was the vibe they were going for. <laughs> it's like imagine that vibe, but with uh, Oh Come, Oh Come, Emmanuel. Um, another thing this. This uh, reunion, I guess, had open mic. They kept going. They were the only ones that they were scheduled. No, it said at the beginning that they had two performances. Her cheerleading thing was not scheduled. (laughs) She jumps in. They also did three performances. The solo was planned, though. It was part of the thing. You're stretching. I'm going to take that off the A-Mains. I don't think that you would have one. Any of these? Do you have any of those performances at all at a high school reunion? All right. Um, Next thing, there's a scene where there's almost a romantic moment out on the football field, which again, all of the floodlights are on. Which, as someone who has to listen to staff meetings, I will tell you, floodlights cost a lot of money to run. There's no way that you would just have floodlights on for an alumni class reunion ever under any circumstances. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, that reminds me um, when I was in high school. So from eighth grade to my sophomore year, I went to a Christian high school. Um, and my freshman year, we had. Um, been able to purchase some like big floodlights for our football field. And the football team had done it unexpectedly well the year before. Okay. Um, and a big deal was made in like prayer meetings and chapel and stuff about how like God had blessed us with these lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. And I was, I was on the football team for part of freshman year. I actually quit. Uh, pretty early in the year because I didn't want to play football. But um, I'm glad your beautiful brain doesn't need any concussions. I can remember names. (laughs) Um, But like we would be in the locker room and like we'd we'd be losing or whatever. And they'd be like, guys, these people didn't buy us these lights to (laughs) come out there and lose. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, it was like it was made like they're putting a lot of faith in us by getting us these lights and like we didn't know before. I'm just imagining tiny little freshman boys being like, Yeah, do it for the lights. Do it for the lights. Well, it was mainly like the seniors were guilting the younger kids for it. I just remember that. I pro- I haven't thought about that probably in fifteen years. But <laughs> oh, pretty amazing man. experience. Um I don't know what number we're on. The dress. Yeah. So uh, early in the movie, Craig throws a football inside uh, into a punch bowl that she's standing right behind. It explodes all over her white dress. Hannah, you wear dresses. I do quite frequently. You've worn white dresses before. I have. What would you do if you were at an important event and it got punch all over it? First of all, this reunion is not an important event. Fine, <laughs> all. But, but if you were going to a reunion and you wore a dress, yeah. while it's not important in the scheme of things, you I would care. You would care. So she goes she goes to try and like rinse it off in the boys' bathroom, which is never addressed, like why she chooses the boys' bathroom. Um I would probably try and like rinse it off. Um it's red punch on a white dress. I would probably head home, to be honest. Like, I'm calling it. I'm going to be sticky all over. It looks unfortunate. At least go change. It's, isn't 
a really big town. We don't get the feeling that it's a huge town. Like I, I could see her slipping out, changing and coming back if she feels really committed to her performances. Yeah. Um, instead, you know what she does? She breaks into a child. No, she breaks into a child's locker and steals their cardigan. Which doesn't even cover up the... <laughs> Which doesn't even cover up the stain. It doesn't even, like... It's just, like, an open cardigan for most of the movie. So the stain miraculously, like, appears and disappears, depending on whether it's an embarrassing plot point. And later in the movie, while they're on the football field, for some reason, Craig runs and, like, picks her up and throws her over her shoulder. And then... Over his shoulder. Then later in the film, she comes back, and it looks like she's been rolled in mud. Like, yeah. there's a strange implication. Like, did they make out in the mud? Did they have, like, a like tug-of-war party? You don't know. Well, but like, Hannah, the way that football is played, you um, when you have the ball, they tackle you and you fall on the ground. Right. And does that normally occur when you're wearing a white party dress and heels? Well, if you've agreed to play the football game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the dress becomes like increasingly grungier throughout the night. It's a very yeah. weird plot element. I feel like it's it's they're trying to hint that she's her own person who doesn't really care what other people think as much as she's showing that she does have a part of her that care. The real authentic her doesn't care, and that's. That's kind of where the movie – that's kind of the heart of the movie is that she's got these two warring uh, – I don't want to call them selves because I believe that she's like one person. But she's got two uh, warring parts of herself. One that really wants to be accepted the way that one is accepted in a high school setting. And then one who <laughs> – doesn't care and just wants to have fun and be herself and go for it and do all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of where we are. That's Those are the bones of the movie. And I think that's a pretty good story. Now, if I were making my own high school movie and it was like my passion project, I would, I would try and take it in some different directions. But accepting that this is a movie designed for a mass audience on Netflix – um, I think that the idea of a personal journey that starts with trying to fix mistakes that you made in high school so that you can have your happily ever after, have your happily ever after going from that to realizing that what happened in high school was just fine and you need to move on. And you have a better life waiting for you elsewhere. Is you know that's a that's a pretty good story. I think it's decent. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of um, a lot to be said there. But I think we can also agree while this is a better movie in the context of well, I mean Hallmark Christmas movies, we think we could make it better. Yeah. Um, Hannah and I talked about this a little bit before um, we recorded this. We have kind of some of the same ideas. Um, we're going to then try and present kind of together, even though we have some points of disagreement, and we'll just kind of try and talk through the plot that we think would work. I think the main thing that we would fix is... Um, Like, I would make this movie just more adult. Um, and I don't mean that in, like, a grittiness way. Like Risque. I don't. Uh, yeah, definitely no, uh, no tasteful nudity um, in this movie. Um, but I – so I really like that idea of looking back at high school. And when you do that as an adult, you realize that all these things that took up all this brain space, all this stress, don't really matter – um, that they were important for your 17-year-old self, but they haven't defined you. They haven't ruined your life. Um, I And I think that that's like a pretty good story. So I would make it about her. Um, I would make it 
less about her kind of going back and forth between these two poles and more about her kind of just taking that journey of like, I want to go back and like, there was one thing I wanted to do and I wanted to be with Craig. And if I had just done that, my life would have been different. And instead her looking back and being like, you know what? It's good that I wasn't with Craig. Everything was you know, fine and worked out. And now it's time for me to go forward and leave Craig behind, I guess. So you wanted her to go through the kind of process of acceptance and recalibration. Yes. It wasn't like a magical moment. It was a series of moments that had some magic. Right. Which she kind of does in the original movie, to be fair. Well, we can lean into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's how we would lay it out. Right. Opening scene. Mm-hmm. I want it to open in like a little local diner near the school. She comes in. She's going to get a snack. She's back for the holidays and she runs into Ben. Got some joking scene of like, what? What are you doing here? I'm not here. I'm just, I mean, I'm here, but I'm just not, I'm not here. They both established that they haven't been living in the town. They're back for the holidays. So you're doing, so you're cutting out the fashion scenes. You're just keeping it in the town and you're going to do all the uh, like exposition of why they're there and what the characters are motivated by um, in this opening scene without um, going through the trouble of doing the. Look, the I thought the fashion New, thing was cute. The, but the issue is, they. What I expected them to do is when they had the punch bowl incident, I expected her to do like a project runway style revamp of her dress (laughs) and make it like, Oh look, I am a designer. Like here's my flair. I could fix this problem. And they didn't. So I feel like whatever, scrap it, have her come in. Ben makes a joke about like, Oh, are you waiting for your mom again? That was one thing I liked about the movie. The mom is a teacher. And so it really helped emphasize the fact that she felt so comfortable in the school that her mom really wanted her to go to the reunion because it's Mm -hmm. her job. Yeah. So maybe makes a joke, you're waiting for your mom again. She's like, actually, I am. Like, my mom was supposed to pick me up, but she had a student who needed to stay for tutoring. So real life, yeah. I'm just going to hang out here. And she flew in, so she doesn't have a car. She really does need a ride. Like, yeah, and she's just like, I'll just wait here until mom comes, gets me. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I mean, might as well sit with me. I know what you're going to order anyway. And he, like, orders, and we get the feeling they're friends. They've been They've eaten at this diner tons of times before. This is kind of where they hung out. And they're both dancing around the idea of like, where have you been? Well, I don't know. Where have you been? And neither of them wants to be the first one to break. Yeah. And they're both, they're both uh, dancing around the issue that um, they miss each other a lot. Um, And neither of them, I want there not to be a lot of clarity about who decided to stop talking to who, but more just like it just, Somehow they just stop talking. But yeah, it's that stereotypical mm-hmm. friendship that exists in real life of like you get together, you haven't seen each other in a long time, but conversation is natural right away. Yeah, um, I have so many friends like that. And I do too. Yeah. So her yeah. mom picks her up, they, or they have a conversation. She asks if he's going to the reunion. He's like, no, like I'm done with that. Like I've moved on. I don't need to do that. Um, and I want him to make some comment about like, most of my best memories in high school weren't in the school. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, okay, sure, whatever. But it starts to kind of, that'll be kind of like a recurring theme. They were at the theme. docks. He's a working boy. <laughs> but, but that'll be kind of like the recurring thing is she starts to realize that the things that mattered to her most about high school weren't necessarily like high school events, but people and relationships. She sees Craig like walking by in the street and is immediately like, oh my gosh, it's Craig. Like, I believe we were meant to be. Ben is obviously like same vibe where he's like, seriously, like, come on. That guy's an idiot. He's such an idiot. Um, I can't believe like all this stuff. Um, She tries to convince him to go to the reunion. He refuses. She's like, fine, I'm going to go. It's important to my mom. I think it'll be fun. You're lame. And then shortly after this, we introduce the sassy best friend. Look, you got to have a sassy best friend. Okay, so we're going to cut out the Glee Club, Mean Girls thing. Don't really need it. There's, you know, high school is too weird, awkward and weird anyways. Um, Like, you don't need antagonists. You can just have the, um, the strangeness of the event and the, uh, 
the idea of wanting to try and go back and fix things that can't be fixed or redo things that can't be redone be your big barrier. You don't need somebody trying to undermine you and get you to steal do, your solo from the Glee Club performance yeah, get, ten years ago. Get you to do the the sexy version of Oh Holy Nights. So she goes to the she goes to the reunion. She's I so here's here's what I'm thinking. First of all, for some reason in this thing they didn't have name tags. In any reunion that I've ever seen, like in real life, there's always name tags because guess what? You don't look the same as you did 10 years ago. I have seen your driver's license picture. There's a lot that went on. Hannah, all the people in this movie did look the same as they did in the flashbacks. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> didn't do any sort of like makeup or yeah, didn't even have her hair done differently. Or like give somebody like, braces. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she is coming in. She's all dressed up. She's on the hunt. She and Maddie have decided she's going to get back together with Craig. Hannah, who's Maddie? So Maddie is the sassy new friend. <laughs> Maddie is not a fan of the get back with Craig idea, but she's like along for the ride. She's like, all right, fine. Whatever. So when you say her name is Maddie, she didn't have to be named Maddie, but we just we need a name. Yeah. Okay. Why are you being weird? I'm not being weird about it. I just, <laughs> if any producers are listening and they really don't like the name Maddie, like we're flexible. We can change it. All right. We can change it. She could be Clementine. <laughs> so Maddie and Georgia come in. They're getting their name tags. Craig comes by. Georgia gets flustered. She grabs the wrong name tag. And I actually still want there so to be. So these are all printed up. They're not. Yeah. Like when my mom had her 25 year anniversary, they all had little like conference name tags that you would clip to your shirt. Okay. And it had a picture of you in high school and it had your name. Okay. So she grabs the wrong name tag, doesn't notice it, pins it on. Because I do want a little bit of an antagonist in this story. They go into the party. She tries to find Craig and Craig like doesn't recognize her at first and then like looks at the name tag and gets really excited. And he's all like, Oh, Hey, like, it's so good to see you, man. Like, that's great. Like, what are you doing with your life? Oh, that's cool. They have like a conversation. It's clear. Craig is a loser. And then he makes, she makes this comment about like, yeah, I'm just, I was really excited to come back and remember all the good times. And he's like, yeah, like making out under the bleachers. And she's like, I don't, I don't remember making out on the bleachers, but like, we dated for a while. So like mentally she's kind of like, I guess, I mean, that doesn't really stand out to me, but I guess that makes sense. They have another little conversation and they end up walking under the mistletoe. And it's like, bam. All right. We're going to get this movie going. Like here's going to be the moment they're going to, it's, she's all like, yes, we're going to have this romantic kiss. We're going to realize that the sparks are still there. Blah, 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 blah. And then what do you think happened? They kiss, and maybe it's not so good. Yeah, like I'm thinking like a really crappy kiss. Like a la Princess Diaries, the foot does not pop. All right, there's no foot pop. Foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. Um, okay, so and you're saying this is really early in the movie, right? Yeah, I think, I think that there should be more of the movie kind of from – more, a lot of the movie in the beginning of her trying to decide, like, what does she want from the reunion? She wants to get Craig. She's going to have this focus. And then pretty quickly that is shattered. She's like, like, what was I even doing? Yeah. So she kisses Craig. It's super awkward. Like, it's a bad kiss. Everyone can see it. And everyone's kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, awkward. Like, Maddie's like, that was gross. Like, so Maddie is nasty. <laughs> she's a good best friend. She like intercepts the, the situation. She's like, oh, hey, could you come help me with something? Georgia leaves and then Maddie's like, wait, dude, what are you doing? She's like, I just thought it would be cute. Like, what? She's like, no, first of all, that was gross. Ew, whatever. She Let's also, not ever also talk about this. grabs the name tag. Grabs the like, name tag. Like, this isn't even your name tag. And, and that was really gross, Clementine. <laughs> Georgia realizes that she like plays back through this conversation and realizes that Craig thought she was the girl on the name tag. And that when he was talking about making out with her under the bleacher senior year, it's true. He really was cheating on her, her senior year. 
with this girl. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't recognize her as his girl. He kind of vaguely recognizes her as a girlfriend, but he thinks it's the girl he was cheating on her with, not her. Yeah. So she, like, from the get-go was like, what was I doing? How did I not realize this? Like, I'm such an idiot. What if high school really wasn't what I thought it was? Yeah. That's where we start having that kind of reflective element. So she starts climbing Mount Doom. To throw the ring <laughs> in? I don't know. <laughs> where are we on the Hobbit's journey? <laughs> the Hobbit's journey, we're kind of, I, I honestly feel like we're at Weathertop, where the Hobbits are like, we're going on an adventure. And then they're like, oh, crap. Okay. Oh, crap. Oh, man. Not fun. <laughs> Not a hike. Right. These things will kill us. So we're at Weathertop. Not, okay. not despair. We're still aiming for Rivendale. Okay. So the question is, how do we move her through this journey in a way that isn't boring, um, but without all the weird, sexy glee club performance stuff? Well, you're in luck. I am a high school teacher who has had to, had to plan a lot of events for high school students. Um, so the first thing we're going to do, obviously is a really awkward icebreaker. Mm -hmm. That's key. So we're going to make everyone go match up and share stories about their lives. When did you first start puberty? <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be things like, um, what was your favorite song your senior year of high school? And then you have to like find three people who have three different favorite songs. So everyone's kind of awkwardly walking around, and that's when we get some of the like local color we realize, like, oh, Georgia was very popular. Oh, Georgia, a lot of people remember her in a kind, positive way. Again, yeah. affirming the fact that she's a good person. She doesn't need to be, she doesn't need to judge her success based on her job or on her boyfriend. Just in herself, she makes people around her feel better. She has some positive interactions. The, so I, I think at this point it would be good to add in um, one thing that has always fascinated me about um, high school like hierarchies is the fact that the people who are really good at math go on to sometimes attain really high-powered jobs in finance. Yeah, they're making that money. And sometimes they become hot. You know, it's interesting. It's almost as if, if when you can afford a gym and you can hire someone who's going to train you and not just put your head in a toilet that – you might be interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. So what you're floating is the idea that the math club took over finance and they look in sharp in their suits. Yeah, maybe there are like four of them. And she recognizes them. She had some classes with them and even like them. Like, you know, she goes up to them and they're really snobbish to her. <laughs> I don't think they need to be snobbish to her. I like uh, I think I think it'd be a thing where I, okay, here's so not I like thought. overtly snobbish, but like there's an air of like they they've so they they spend all their time all their free time going to operas. They all live in New York. They go to this is a lot of investment in minor characters in the background. No, no, I'm just trying to describe the type of people these are. So they go to like fancy farmers markets and they. Um, and they're back in this small town. And there's and so when she goes up and starts talking to them and asks them about what is your world like, it's not that they're condescending to her, but they're kind of showing off and talking about all the things they're doing, I guess. So counterpoint, I think one of the girls, while she's talking with them and kind of in a casual conversation, I think another girl who was popular but was not nice like Georgia came up who used to shun them in high school and tries to get in on the conversation. Like, oh, <laughs> and does like the fake laugh thing to try and join in the group and they shun her. So instead we have kind of like a social flex where they're pushing back on this idea of like, no, you want to be in our group now. Maybe it's more like, so I'm kind of thinking more like, Schmidt and the new girl. Okay. Lo lovable. You know how he goes from he's like he's a dweeb. Yeah. Is really overweight and then he gets really good looking. He gets uh he's really fit, he's really successful and stuff. Um and when you talk to him, he's 
kind of annoying and just he's weird very anxious at first. to affirm the fact that he's so but he's also like he's well liked he's a good guy people like him and stuff like that I'm, that's kind of what i'm going for cool okay i'm done with this scene let's move on maybe we have a part where they're uh they start talking about um all of the really risky bets they're taking to yeah they're like really into bitcoin and yeah, all about those <laughs> currencies hinting, hinting at how they're gonna next bring the global economy to its knees all right, so she, Andrew's really invested in this group of side characters. I think he just wants to do a spinoff in which these four guys sit around, drink fancy coffee, and are like, yeah, man, we're going to just rule this town. <laughs> one of them runs for mayor. The other one, like, buys up the local grocery store. <laughs> it's like yeah. well, they, they, like, throughout the night, you keep getting um, – they keep announcing that a new scholarship fund has been oh my gosh. funded in okay. one of their names. And then the principal keep... comes up like, we've had a gracious $10,000 endowment for our future, for our senior class. Thanks to John Hoffman. Everyone, let's give a round of applause to John Hoffman. And he like and raises then, his class and then everybody like, Oh, yeah. And then 20 minutes later, the principal comes out. It's like a little bit confused. She's like, wow, like uh, it seems like we've got a spirit of generosity just really blooming here. Um Jacob Jacob Griezmann has 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 doubled the offer has has come in matched and doubled the offer and so now we've got a thirty thousand dollar endowment for our scholar wow like let's just give them a round of and like they just like keep one upping each other throughout the night that's another thing there just needs to be more alcohol in this movie. it's kind of hinted that maybe the punch has something in it but it's all over her dress so nobody can really get that drunk yeah but it's like. And it's not that people need to be getting really, really drunk. They just need to, I think. There needs to be an excuse for some looseness. Yes. Okay. So we'll have, that'll be kind of like a recurring break throughout the novel is, or throughout the book is, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. This would <laughs> be a film. <laughs> Motion picture. The cinema. Yeah. We're going to take a pause. I'm going to show Hannah some movies. <laughs> Introduce her to, <laughs> to the concept of the moving picture. <laughs> so a quick lesson in the history of film. <laughs> Bring her up. Be, <laughs> okay, okay. This will be this will be kind of like a running gag is them trying to like consistently throw more money into the hat to get their name announced over the PA system. Yeah. All right. Okay. So Maddie tries to take George's mind off of this kind of bombshell that she's had that her relationship was crap, that her magical high school experience was a lie and she's like hey look you know what all right so you didn't win the guy that's fine we're still gonna win tonight she's like what are you talking about she's like look there's a scavenger hunt competition and you know this school better than anyone else because you were always here at 6 a.m with your mom and you always had to stay until 6 p.m hashtag teacher life and you like we're gonna win this all right we're gonna walk away like champions, because we're a bunch of champions. And George's like, all right, all right, fine, fine. We're going to do the stupid scavenger hunt. So they do the scavenger hunt. Let's say it's, you know, you get points for taking pictures in different parts of the school. You get points for, like, looking. They have blown up pictures from the yearbook all around. So, you, like, you can go and find, like, who was the third member of the Glee Club, in our senior year and you go and find that page and like write the name down, that kind of thing. People are moving around. They're looking at the school, encouraging memories. This will be the framework for you to have your idea about the flashback. So lead us to it. Yeah. So Ben does not come to this reunion. He We're is, keeping him out. Cause he says in the original, he says, I'm not going. And then he shows up right at the beginning, like a punk. He's going to stick to it. He's sticking to his He's principles. He's no weak man. He's solid. Yeah. Like a he doesn't oak. show up. However, as they go through the school and they're going through memories, they start having flashbacks and they start remembering times they had in high school. And all of these, all of this being around the high school is really surreal and it's jogging her memory and making her think about things she hasn't really thought about and bringing out things that didn't. Uh, really sit at the forefront of her mind before. Like you remembering about the seniors being like, do it for the floodlights. <laughs> yeah, the lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes you just need a little spark and you're like, oh yeah, that was yeah. something. And, that... and as she does this, she start, Craig starts to fade. 
she starts to remember more times where he was a jerk because he was just a jerk to her. Or yeah. not really, not intentionally a jerk, but it's in his nature, you know. And she just had a disappointing experience with him. But who's who comes to the foreground? Who is that? Who's the one who's always by her side? Who helps her build the world's worst science fair project? It's Jacob Griezmann. Uh, no. <laughs> it's Ben. It's Ben, yeah. So she goes around the school and keeps having these memories. And we'll say that she they're doing the scavenger hunt on their phones, right? They have to take a certain number of selfies to get another points. Um, my school, guest prep did this for onboarding. And so, like, all of the new staff went around and that's how we figured out the school was we did the scavenger hunt. So she's sending pictures to Ben. Yeah, she's like, oh, remember this? Guess and where I am. She takes it in front of the history class where they did, like, some horrible, like. Creative uh, project. Where they, like, wrote a song about Susan B. Anthony or something and performed With it the acoustic remember. guitar and, like, really earnest lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> she suffered so we could vote because. Voting is important. Oh, you got to do the suffer suffrage. Oh, yeah. I was going to build up to yeah, that. But. but Yeah. So, um, yeah, she starts texting with Ben, sending selfies and stuff. And he's like. Joking back. Like, you can yeah. tell he's got a good sense of humor. He remembers this stuff. And eventually he's like, it sounds like you're having a really good time. I'm glad that you're having a good time. She's like, actually, it's not as like I'm having fun with Maddie, but it's not good. And what what do you think he should say then? So okay, so here's the other thing. I think there should be a side plot in which Maddie actually ends up with one of your finance dudes, Jacob Griezmann. Yeah. Jacob Griezmann. I don't know where you got this name, but I you, love it. You said it. You're <laughs> I'm the one a genius. Said it. I'm a genius. Okay, so Jacob Griezmann. I hope he's not a real person that I just forgot. <laughs> so he the only Griezmann I know is Antoine. Soccer star. Okay. Um, so Maddie and Jacob Griezmann start up, start flirting and Georgia kind of increasingly as she's going through realizes that she's kind of playing a third wheel now. And so she's texting back and forth with me and she's like, Ooh, I feel like I should get out of here because Maddie is off making eyes with Jacob Griezmann. And he's all like, what are you serious? Like that's happening. She's like, yeah, and they're all they're all they're doing is playing these terrible dance pop songs from when we were in high school, and they were bad then. And they're even worse now. And he's like, well, like, what do you want me to do about it? She's like, why don't you come? Like, we could have like we could have a good time. Like, we could we could have fun. And I, but I wanted to like hold him. To go. He's like, no, like I don't look. None of my good memories were in high school. I'm where all my best memories happened. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, all right, new scavenger hunt. Figure out where I am. And so he starts sending her, he sends her on a scavenger hunt. Hey, go find um, the spot where we got those donuts for whatever. So she goes on a scavenger hunt to try and find him throughout the town. Hannah, does she end up at the diner? She ends up at the diner because that's where they always meet. Are her hash browns still well done? Yeah, sure. Let's commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's her thing. I think we might have forgotten to mention one of our ideas was that at the beginning of the movie, he'd be like, oh, I see you still get your hash browns well done. Because that's a unique thing that nobody <laughs> else does. <laughs> it's important. Um, it's kind of gross, too, I think. What? I like my hash browns well done. I'm kind of thinking like on the edge of black. Okay, I like them really crispy. Like I want it to. I want it to like if you dropped it on a plate that it has like a nice like crunch yeah. to it. Okay, yeah. So they come to the diner, and then movie ends with a fade out. Of them. I mean, we want them to have like a conversation. They have a conversation. Blah 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 blah. We get a sense but, like they're like, oh yeah, high school is good, but I've got a lot more going. Yeah. There's a lot more ahead of me, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they... Um, Share uh, a milkshake. Yeah, and maybe they say, you know, they're going to be in town for another week or so, and maybe it's like, hey, tomorrow I don't have anything going on. Do you want to go get dinner? And she says, yeah, I'd like to. want to go much. look at the lights? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heights lights. Cause, no, because remember, we have to remind everyone it's a Christmas movie. Yes. 
Um, and then as that happens, the camera fades, goes beyond the window, they're in the window, talking, everything's natural. Boom. End credits roll. Rocket. Okay, I honestly feel like that would be a really interesting movie as well because as a watcher, I would be wondering, like, when is Ben going to show up? Like, when is yeah. he going to make his move? And I like the idea of him just kind of being like, look, I'm interested in you. I'm going to make that clear, but I'm also not going to creepily chase you around and beg you. Like, I'm yeah. just going to be where I am. And if you want to be with me, come to where I am. The original has this, like, undercurrent of, like, friend zone-ish stuff, which is, like... Don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's definitely not played up that way, but it's... The fact that he... We're supposed to feel very sorry for him. Right, and he hasn't moved on at all. I think the idea that we're trying to go for is the fact that he has moved on, but being with her again really sparks something new and being and her being with him sparks something new in her and it's not that they were friends all along and she's been just like rejecting him over and over it's like you as an adult is an interesting person to me we've been apart for 10 years and we've changed a lot but like this new person i still really like and like you know i think that would be good hannah who should play maddie because it's I mean, obviously, if you're having a quirky best friend, there's only one actress in the entire world who can play the quirky best friend character. Judy Greer? Zoe Deschanel? That's like her go-to thing. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be good. So, real quick, my journey with Zoe Deschanel, I used to really hate her. You would hate her so much. I didn't like her at all. Like, I... No I li- 500 I, Days of Summer. I liked her in Elf, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> Elf is really good here. Elf is so bad. <laughs> Elf is... Oh. Hannah's, Hannah's movie takes are just so... <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, she's okay in Elf, but she did the whole, like, kind of wide-eyed, never-blinking Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing for a long time. Yeah. Not her fault. But she did she, it well. I mean, that yeah. was like her thing. She in I didn't um, like it. I didn't like failure the failure to launch. Yeah. She was that 500 days of summer. She, she was, was in that. this movie called Winter Passing that's like really bad, but uh, Will Ferrell's in it. Too. All right, so you hated Zoe Deschanel. Then I saw I saw a new girl. She's amazing in it. She's delightful. And that show is really good. Yes. So I, it's also, it's a great I mean, rede- it's a redemption story. Basically, Jessica Day is who I would be if I had not met you immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I didn't actually have, I mean, I didn't really have another idea. I was hoping that you would come up with something and you came in. Clutch. I yeah. got you, boo. I got you. I'm never going to let you, I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to give you up. The, the clock was <laughs> fading. Seconds were ticking down. I'm really upset you had the ball just, in your hands. You were dribbling. You did a jab and then step back. Hit I'm never going to mess around or desert you. Hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew is still just stunned that I fit in an entire Rick roll in this conversation while he was not paying attention. <laughs> No. I, I, refuse, I refuse to be rickrolled. It can't, can't be done. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to desert you. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to give you up. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the concept was there. Execution may have been poor. Well, you, might have, you might understand why I didn't immediately go, oh, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, again, this movie had really good bones. I think it could actually be a good movie independent of Christmas. Um, they made this movie more Christmassy than almost any of the other movies we've watched in terms of the singing. Like they kept bringing to mind like, oh, it's Christmas. But But that wasn't part of any of their conversations. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, oh, like. 
when it's Christmas time, sometimes you just really want to have someone with you or Christmas always makes me think of the memory. Like that wasn't, it was just the songs and the excessive amounts of decor in the school. Like yeah. there's no way the PTA has enough funding to just put like garland wreath all over a high school where it would immediately be destroyed. Yeah. Maybe it's not done by the PTA. It's done by the alumni association. In return for their fancy reception. Or they you just charge fifteen dollars a ticket. I don't know.